0: talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend, it's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think, and I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a
1: guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your
0: hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade.
1: It's John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how
0: to shoot. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on Anchor.fm with John Mita. I am Joe O'Donnell and Johnny Mita. It's been a minute. We got a ton to get to. Looking forward to chatting with you, my friend. How the hell are you?
1: You know, I'm feeling pretty good, Joe. I gotta be honest. I'm feeling good at about one sports team, um, out of all the four, the major four, and the other ones, I'm a little like, eh. but you know, the Eagles, I'm pretty excited about. Which yeah, is nice. How
0: how surprising for you is that the fact that right now, you know, it's very cyclical. It's very up and down. It's always a roller coaster in Philadelphia. Dare I say, it's always sunny. Um, You know, it's just sometimes we we will rank the teams as far as closest to a championship or the ones where, you know, we think are headed in the right direction. And oftentimes it seems like two, three, or four are going the wrong way. And uh, it's kind of crazy, you know, given what we know about the Sixers and all the expectations with the Phillies and the Flyers having such a tough season. Downright miserable in a lot of ways. And all of a yeah. sudden, here are uh, Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, and Nick Sirianni's Eagles that uh, are sort of the roses of the city.
1: Well, it's it, it's pretty unbelievable, considering at the start of the offseason. You know, meanwhile, the first week of free agency is really a hot week, right? It's like teams are making moves left and right. <clears throat> but, you know, the Eagles were kind of just standing pat. And I'm like, oh my god, this receiver's going. This receiver's going. We need a receiver. We got to do something. We got to do this, but we're doing nothing. We signed this on Reddit. Great. Like I think it's a great upgrade. He's going to help out the defense. He's a local guy. You know, he played at Temple. That's going to be great. But that's pretty much all we done. Yeah. Now you know. Fast forward three to four weeks later, it looks like the Eagles have had the best offseason in the entire NFL, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So
0: let me get your thoughts. Uh, give us a little two minute yeah. or less recap on the draft. And, and I know, sure. you know, some of the names you mentioned, especially sure. Kobe Dean, they end up with, albeit in the third round. But uh, give us yeah. your your cliff notes of the draft and how the Eagles fared. Gosh, yes. I,
1: um, I I thought they did extremely well. Um, I, I just wanted to see playmakers right on every level. On the offensive side of the ball, and I'm going to see it on the defense. Now, they went up. They, they fell in love with Georgia uh, Jordan Davis, the one man wrecking crew from Georgia. He is a fantastic player. I like him, but when you have a safety on the board and Kyle Hamilton, who I think is going to be a Pro Bowl safety for the next ten years. That's the only pick where I was
0: like... Yeah, that's the blemish, right? That's the, right? That's the question mark, at least. Maybe right? not the blemish, it's the question mark. And
1: again, mark. it's... it's. Listen, again, it is like the Brandon Graham, Earl Thomas 2.0. Oh, right?
0: God, yeah. Right? No, you're so right.
1: So, like, again, Jordan Davis has the talent... I mean, he has the talent to be, you know, a wrecking ball similar to like Aaron Donald, like high ceiling Aaron Donald. Um I think if well, he I don't doesn't...
0: think he's not gonna ha- I mean I I don't think he would have the sack impact than Aaron Donald would, right? But it's isn't he more like a Holodi Nada No,
1: he's or... more of a run stuffer, but yeah. the talent is there. The question is, can can they unlock it? So yes, yeah, so I would have taken Kyle Hamilton. When they pick in the second round, they get Jason Kelsey's replacement. I'm pretty sure we're coming to the end of the road. I think this is going to be his last year. I do like the fact that Howie Rosen gave Kelsey some input, like what do you look for in centers? And Kelsey literally came out, and he was on a, uh, Brian Lefko's podcast and was excited that they picked the center from Nebraska who reminds him. Now, again, at that point, I'm about to crush my TV in 300 pieces because Nakobe Dean's on the board and we didn't take him. Yeah. So I literally then turn off the draft. I'm like, I'm done with this. I can't take it anymore. Go watch the new Batman movie. And then my phone starts blowing up that N'Kobe Dean's an eagle. So I like that pick. I, I, I like where they're at. I mean, they've really fulfilled every need. Like what – the one thing, though, they, they didn't take any safeties. And, and, and on our safety cupboard is bare. Yep. We, we have Marcus Epps and we have Anthony Harris – and then you have a guy, Kayvon Wallace, who I was extremely high on coming into the draft. That's who I wanted in the draft. But he just really hasn't panned out. I don't know if it's due to injury or maybe he's just not good enough. So I still think that is a position to need for this football team. But there's some people that could be on the trade market. Chuck Clark, he is, he is a, um, a young safety for the Ravens. He's a Philadelphia kid and basically played his college football at Virginia Tech. He's had a really nice career. And do the fact that they just um, uh, they just drafted Kyle Hamilton and they signed the safety from the Saints, Marcus Williams, in free agency, he can be had. I would love to see Jalen Rager get shipped out of town with us, giving up them a draft pick, and maybe we get him. Or the biggest pipe dream that I've had, the epiphany that I've had is is there any way we could pry Jesse Bates, the all pro safety from the Bengals, who's in a contract dispute? Now, all offseason, we heard the Eagles are in. The Eagles are in. You know, they were in on Marcus Williams. They were in on the Honey Badger. They were in on this safety. They were on it, but they just came up short. So, if they go out and get a guy like that, now this defense, Jonathan Gannon, it is put up or shut up time, and we'll see how good of a defensive coordinator because you will never going to be able to say that you don't have the personnel now. And the signing at Bradbury at corner to line up with Slay was a great addition because now we – this is the first time, I think, it, it's kind of – if you look at this defense, right, on paper, you have two solid cornerbacks. When the Eagles had those great defenses in the early 2000s where they have a good pair of corners, Sheldon Brown, Lito, Shepard. We had the best linebacking in court that I've ever seen this team have in the history of the franchise <laughs> with the additions of Nakobe Dean, Kazir White, or calling Hassan Reddick a linebacker. Do you know what I mean? They still have TJ Edwards, who played really well last yeah. year. So, and I even like the kid they drafted from Kansas late in the sixth round. So, well,
0: and, and let's not forget again, yeah. you talk about young players and you're not sure opportunity or haven't really panned out quite yet, but the project from a couple of years back in Davion Taylor.
1: Oh, was that's starting
0: it. to play well last year. Exactly. And um, then got injured. Yeah. But again, like, can he stay healthy? Can he continue to develop? Will he see the field now? Or you know how much will he see the field that they've upgraded there, but exactly you know you hope you hope you have speed, you hope you have playmakers, you hope you have smart football players, but you hope you have depth as well, and they got to be deeper than they were last year, I would imagine. That's it. Did did you realize I I totally forgot about this, Johnny Mita? I just read the other day Josh Sweat didn't even play in the in the playoff game against the Bucks. I I'd forgotten about that. He. He got, yeah. like, sick or had to go to the emergency he, room. He had something going on. I something.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think his appendix burst. He had a lot of internal bleeding, they said, and that's why he didn't play. But, again, look at <clears throat> look at the defensive end rotation, right? They bring Barnett back, oh. which is, I know, not on everyone's high list, but rotational piece. But you have Barnett. You have Brandon Graham coming back from his Achilles surgery. You have Josh Sweat. Obviously, his on Reddick is going to be – a defense end slash outside linebacker pass rusher. So you literally have four capable pass rushers. That's great. Then in the interior, you have Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargraves, Mill Williams, the kid they have from last year. Yep. They drafted out of Louisiana Tech. And the wrecking ball, Jordan Davis. They're stacked there. Then they have the linebackers. Literally the only team, the only thing this defense is literally missing is that, that, that safety that one safety. You look at when their defenses were great under Brian Dawkins, boom, they had a safety that could pretty much do anything. Malcolm Jenkins, same thing. If they go out and get Jesse Bates because he doesn't want to come to training camp, like they franchised him. If he doesn't want to come, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of the beat writers in the city are saying the Eagles will be in play. So, yeah. I'd and like again- to see
0: I'd like to see them just get somebody that can run. And and if you're getting somebody that is cut late. Most likely they're long in the tooth, right? And they probably can't run, but I just feel like they need a safety that can hang with those burner receivers that want to take the top off the defense. I don't care if he can come up in the box and make plays. I don't think this team needs that. I want somebody that's going to allow Slay Mm -hmm. and Bradbury Mm -hmm. to play man coverage when necessary and not worry about getting beat because if they do, they've got somebody that can run back there.
1: Exactly. And, and that's, this kid fits the build of that to T. He's a sideline to sideline. He can come up in the box. He can support the run. He's physical, but he also has great, you know, ball hawking skills. He he would be, I mean, I'm telling you, if they get him, it, it's, it might be the best off season. And he, Oh, and here's what we also forgot too. When I just spewed through the draft, what we also forgot is the Eagles land A.J. Brown, a top 10 receiver in the league who happens to be Jalen Hurts' best friend. I didn't even think this guy was even available for a trade. Yep. But the Eagles had the money, and thank you, Carson Wentz. They freed up so many things with that, and they have a legitimate playmaker. So,
0: Let me off- transition to you then, John. Sure. Sorry to cut you off, but this is yeah. one of the things we wanted to talk about. Sure. I feel we were more prepared for this podcast than some of our previous ones. It's not so much ranting. We got specific sure. things we want to hammer on. And I want your take. Biggest off-season addition for the Birds is who? A.J. Brown. I'm going to go Bradbury. Okay. And and here's why. And listen, okay. I, I love A.J. Brown. I love mm-hmm. the fact they get a physical receiver, helps in the run game, uh, just under 3,000 yards in three seasons, 24 touchdowns. I get it. Like – We've been clamoring for this number one type of receiver, especially since they butchered the draft. Thank you, Ortega Whiteside. Thank you, Jalen Rager. Um, But I'm going Bradbury. And and the reason for that is because defensively, this team needed to be much better moving forward if they were ever going to have a chance. We saw it so much last year, playing soft. Given up everything underneath and the elite quarterbacks were eating them up in any matchup, whether it was the regular season or against Brady and the Bucs in the playoffs. But Bradbury's 28 years old reading uh, just this morning, he plays zone. He can play man. I love the signing. Uh, He essentially falls into your lap. You don't have to break the bank to get him. I know it's just a one year deal, but you bring in a guy with 15 interceptions over six seasons. He knows the division said he wants to play here, wants to play for the fans. Didn't want to leave New York, but he's come to a better organization to play across from Darius Slay. I think that that is a bigger impact offseason move. It went less heralded, obviously. Uh, he's not an all pro, maybe like, or the big name that A.J. Brown is, and everybody loves a receiver. You got to score points to win in this league. But ultimately, the Eagles' shortcomings were defensive. Um, will this guy, will A.J. Brown help Jalen Hurts? You would hope so. Um, but I really think the defense just lacked so much last year. They found a way to get through it by running the ball, controlling the clock, and playing some lesser teams. They now have a unbelievable starting duo corner. I always liked watching Bradbury. I felt he was physical. I felt he just gave the Eagles a hard time. He, was, he broke up a lot of passes. I, like, I just feel like he's one of those guys that you watch a game or you watch the other team, and afterwards you just know the name. And I feel like Bradbury is that guy looking at him from afar. Love it. Uh, no, not a knock on the A.J. Brown thing at all. I'm pumped. I was through the roof. But Bradbury maybe going to be more impactful, so I'm going that route. But continue, A.J. Brown, what you love sure. um, and why he's bigger for you.
1: Sure. Um, a couple of reasons why he's bigger for me. You know, I think the biggest question of this football team moving forward is what? is Jalen Hurts the guy, right? I I mean, that is the discussion that we have in 25 million bars across the tri-state area.
0: You've been at all of them, by the way.
1: Exactly. And I've just had a conversation. Well, I know he's not the guy. Jalen Hurts, everyone tells me. Well, I know he's not the guy. He can't make the throws. He can't do this. Well, listen, when you're throwing up J.J. Ortega Whiteside, Jalen Rager, You know, Greg Ward, nice receiver. (laughs) Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins. Again, decent receivers as your third and fourth options. fantastic. Now you bring in a proven commodity. Now, how many receivers got drafted? I think six maybe in the first round. And now we have a guy that is a legitimate – he's probably a top ten receiver in the entire National Football League, which – you know, considering how many receivers are on roster, that's pretty damn good. He does have the chemistry with Jalen Hurts because they're best friends. They know each other. Just like we go out and play a pickup game, right, a basketball. I know it's weird, but if you're playing with guys that you've always played with, they know where you want the ball. They know how you like – again, it's some type of synergy, and I think this is really going to unlock him. The other good thing is, you know, one of our fellow listeners that always – Danny Hampshire – brought up a great point. He goes, can you imagine now the day of AJ Brown with Devontae Smith? Now he doesn't even have to go up against the best corner. Yeah. So that means you might unlock him even further, which would be even crazier him coming into a second year. And when you have two legitimate threats, that means then Dallas Goddard's going to be running free. Cause now they might have to use one of their safeties to double team, one of the wide receivers. So I really think, and we're going to find out, I think, the best thing that AJ Brown is gonna bring is we're gonna find out if Jalen Hurts is the guy because yeah. because now you have a legitimate number one wide receiver. And so if Jalen Hurts can't get it done this year with this type of weapons in, in the cupboard, then you're gonna know. Then you, you go into next year and you try to find that franchise quarterback.
0: The look greatest at, look, at, look at the Titans offense, right? They run heavy with Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. They have a mobile quarterback in Tannehill. Probably can't make all the throws. Probably isn't the most athletic guy, but he competes. Right. And his career has certainly been resurrected in large part because of a guy like AJ Brown. Sometimes you just put it Great in his area oh, and go a and get hell it. of a point. You know. It, it, well, that's
1: the thing. And right. it will
0: gloss over some of his shortcomings. So even if Hertz isn't all world, top five, all pro, uh, this will certainly help him take the next step. And maybe gloss over the fact that, you know, he's either not the most accurate or what have you.
1: Right. And 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 listen, the Eagles have struck out mightily when it comes to drafting high receivers. You know, they've hit, I think, Devontae Smith's going to be great. Um, you look at the Sean Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. Other than those three guys in the last 20 years, we've really struggled. So now you basically essentially take a first-round draft pick and you go get a top-ten wide receiver – that was an unbelievable move. Didn't see it coming. Really excited about it,
0: and I love, <clears throat> I love the toughness this guy brings. Like, but, jo- but John made it. Don't forget the Eagles drafted Nay Brown in the fourth round of nineteen ninety nine draft. He was, he huh? was a stud. How about Billy Brothers
1: McMullins?
0: Oh, oh, god, Billy McMullen. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh my god. Yeah. What a waste <laughs> of a draft pick.
1: Oh, God. Who who was the kid from Iowa they drafted? I can't remember. From Iowa? Marvin McNutt?
0: Oh, God. Oh, come oh. on. <laughs> uh, oh. I thought he went some... to
1: Penn State. Nah, man. No, nah, he was an Iowa guy.
0: Oh, my God. What a terrible I don't know. draft pick. Oh, no. We've had some. Reggie Brown. Six round 2012. Yep. Played at Iowa. <laughs> He was their all time leader in receiving touchdowns and yardage. I should know that living out this way. I know.
1: Come on. How could you forget the great Marvin McNutt? Especially six that, foot four? Especially that last name. Yeah. He wasn't six foot four, was he? Yeah. Really? I thought he was six one at best. Wow. Maybe,
0: maybe, maybe, maybe he grew post career.
1: Yeah. And three inch, three inch lifts in the cleats, maybe?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. All right. All right. So, All right, but so you're high on the Burt's. Big time. I, I'm really. I've been this excited for the team since like maybe Come on, like.
0: Be careful here, John Mita.
1: I'm telling you, I I think the, what I do like is and why I'm getting excited about. One of the biggest complaints I had of this football team is we were so long and old. we were just old. In the tooth. like we didn't really have young talent. They've really gone out and really infused a lot of young talent to go with some nice veteran presence. I, I really like the direction, and I think this is sustainable. If it turns out Hertz can be that guy, and at the number that he's playing at right now, the next year you can use your two first-round draft picks and maybe go get a, a stud young corner, and maybe go get a safety or another defensive lineman, or, or whatever you need. You'll have the ammo to do it, and, and that'll be phenomenal. So, but I think this is, you could build it where they're going to be. I mean, wasn't the great, the golden ages of the Philadelphia Eagles for at least in my lifetime was when you're in it every year, you're going to yeah. be like, you know what? We can be in the NFC championship again this year. Again, yeah. again, again.
0: What, uh, what do you make of the <clears throat> super high expectations, the city going overboard, you know, the yeah. pundits saying sure. 13 wins and, yeah, Look, I know crazy. their schedule and paper stinks. Yeah. I, I still think this is a, you know, a ten to eleven win football team. But I think they're a playoff team. I think they're better than they were.
1: Sure. And
0: yeah, could they get to twelve? I could see that. But yeah. let's just hope that they continue to build this thing, develop these young players. Yeah. They have good leadership in the room, and they get it figured out when it matters the most, which is in January. Yeah. Well, the the nice thing. A lot is- of new pieces. You got to remember when you have a lot of new pieces. Doesn't all, especially with the way they handle the preseason and training camp, like it might take a few weeks into the regular season to figure it out.
1: Right. The good thing is they have a nice soft opening as far as schedule goes. Right. It's not like you're facing Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and and Patrick Mahomes. You know, you get yeah. So early on, it's it it's good. Um, I agree with you. With new pieces, it's going to take a little bit. Um, the good thing is their schedule is one of the easier ones. The division's not really strong, which is awesome. So, <clears throat> but I'm with you. I think the thing is they won nine games last year. So even they had very similar sort of strength of schedule goes between the last – it's very comparable to last year. Now, are we going to face the dog, the dog quarterbacks that we did at the end of last year? Probably not um but
0: jake Fromm and whoever that pigeon was at the <coughs> tyler the- Le-
1: tyler lenicky or tyler Le- whatever like, the kid from the commander school yeah uh, you know? taylor heineke taylor yeah that guy. <laughs> i don't know where i'm going he's Le- better we'll
0: keep- he's better than the other guys
1: yeah oh, well who started
0: mike glennon
1: i uh, Mike Glennon. I was gonna say he started for the Yeah, well, he beat us. That was Jalen Hurts' probably worst game of his career. But Jalen, how about that?
0: Ray. How about that absolute pigeon that the Cowboys threw out a couple of years ago when uh, Dalton <coughs> was dead and oh, Prescott Nardelli. was dead? Oh, and um, Ben Danucci. Ben, ben Danucci, the old Danucci,
1: son of Danucci from uh, James Madison. Ben Danucci. Yeah, what a Herndous. bum. Yeah, so I think it's good. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it, it, it's exciting because, like, at the start of the offseason, I was like, what are we doing? And now I'm like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. It's so Philadelphia, you know? It's like, oh, we're going to be terrible. And then next thing you know, it's like, Super Bowl, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, it's amazing. But, but it's, and, and listen, it, and Jalen Hurts, you know, he has the thick skin, and apparently he was working out again. You no, know, I can't confirm, but he spent some all season. Apparently, he was working out with Tom House. People that don't know who Tom House is, he's an aka quarterback guru. Um, he actually was a major league baseball player. Um, happened to be Mitch Williams' pitching coach, and he worked a lot with Tom Brady. Apparently, he works a lot on arm angles and your release. And so, if he could clean up some of the mechanics that Jalen Hurts has, God knows. So, we'll see what happens, but it, it, it's going to be good.
0: Love it. Uh, we got to transition because we got a lot get, uh, to get sure. into here on the Brother to Love sure. podcast. Uh, you pick where we go next. Stanley uh, Cup let's playoffs. Just
1: yeah, well, wow. can we just put the Sixer season to bed?
0: Yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. i got yeah. nothing to add other than disappointing. People yeah. are trashing Embiid, which is infuriating to me. Yeah. I hate to say I was right about the Harden acquisition, but I was a little suspect on it, and it sure. turned out to be at least somewhat right. We'll see what what you know what plays out there long term. Don't give him fifty million for the love of God. Don't give him forty million for the love of God. Please, <laughs> please be smart here, Daryl Morey and company, Florida George, yeah. John Mina.
1: Yeah, it was uh, a disappointing end. I mean, just the injuries. I mean, it's. Listen, with Joel Embiid, the, the, the crazy thing is he hasn't even had thumb surgery yet. So how bad was the thumb? Just like last year, remember? He had the knee thing, and they're like, did he ever get surgery? And everyone's asking questions. It was just a disappointing because if Joel Embiid is healthy, if he doesn't break his face, I'm pretty sure we could have beat the Miami Heat. Now, could we beat the Boston Celtics to try to go to the NBA Finals? I, the way Boston's playing right now, I, I, I would say no to be honest, because defensively they're playing extremely well. Um, but, again, it's disappointing. The thing, I was totally on board with the Harden deal, but I was so disappointed and shocked in that last game in game six. You go in and throw up a, you know, just an absolute zero. Um, he has 12 points in the first half, and then he takes two shots in the second, which is knowing that your superstar player, your go-to guy, is hurting and can't just bring everything to the table that he needs to to win a game. It was so disappointing. So I agree with you. Um, The worst part about this whole scenario is the fact that it looks like Doc Rivers is going to be continue to be the head coach of this basketball team. And I can't stand Doc Rivers. Originally, I was on board with the move. I'm like, all right, get a nice veteran presence, somebody that's respectable. Um, He has won a championship. He's been in the finals a couple times. But then you just see him and the way he talks to the media, he's so arrogant like he's like one of the greatest coaches of all time. And I think what we're finding out unfortunately just like we are finding out with the Phillies manager is these are guys that won championships, older veteran coaches and you think they're going to be great and it turns out maybe they're really not good coaches. They just had that much talent surrounded around them that made them that hide all their deficiencies. So I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Um, I pray to God and light a candle. I was in church yesterday, actually, and I lit a candle hoping that the Los Angeles Lakers will want Doc Rivers and just say, hey, we'd love to have Doc as our coach. I don't need draft compensation. I don't need anything from the Lakers. Sure, you want to throw in a young wing player? Wait a minute. They don't have any of those because LeBron sold his soul in the team. But, (laughs) But, 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 if they could take Doc Rivers on. I do agree with you. Now, James Horn has a forty-seven million dollar player option if he decides to buy in. The way the press conferences and how it rolled down at the end of the season, it sounds like he'd be willing to take less. Now, when I say take less, clearly he's not gonna take less than, you know, twenty million. But if you could do a new three year deal with him, three years, 85 million, three years, 75 million, kind of like that those deals that Kevin Durant was signing and even LeBron was signing late in their career when they're pretty much making like $26 million. I mean, the guy's made a ton of money in his career. You know, it's going to be, do you want to win? And then can you get another piece? The biggest thing is, and as well as to buy, see, the thing is Tobias Harris played so well. Yeah, Like, so that might've increased his trade value because I know there are, there are some teams, um, in the top 10 that are looking for a veteran presence and they're willing to trade their top 10 pick. Now, does that something we jump on board with or did we try to do the old Brett Brown, we going star hunting again and see if we could pry a guy like Bradley Beal off the Washington. Um, I don't even know. Well, I guess they're still called the wizards, right?
0: Yeah. They're irrelevant though. So who so, knows
1: that, right. So we'll see what happens. It's very disappointing. Again, the window with Embiid, it's just one year. When it turns out, he broke his face. It's just like, come on. We just have no luck. So, Daryl Morey's got a big job. I think the biggest thing looking at this team, you need a better bench. I don't know how you do it. Hopefully. Well, they
0: traded away two big bench pieces to get rid of Ben Simmons. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, right. And let me just say one thing on the Embiid situation. For people questioning whether the injuries are real or whether he's tough or whether he's a leader, can he be a winner, enough. You try playing with a broken orbital bone, doing anything with a broken orbital bone, which I've never had, by the way. I've never had a concussion, but I don't want either. And for anybody to question the fact that that guy essentially got up off the canvas and played days later, days later, And we're not talking about going for a walk in the park. We're talking about going in the paint, you know, and and going up against some of the strongest and most gifted athletes on the planet days after having your face smashed in. So anybody wants to question him for whatever, like some of the nonsense I heard, it's garbage. You should be ashamed of yourself. Like, did he get it done? No. But I'm not going to question that guy's heart. I don't care how much he sold it and played it up. Whatever. He could have literally been in a um, he could have literally been a leading actor on Broadway. All right. And and I wouldn't have cared because that guy put it on the line for the team, for the city and say what you want. They came up short. It's not on him. Don't question his toughness.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, he needed help. I mean, he just needed help. And people also question him because, like, oh, did he get down because he was named MVP? I mean, it's also a joke that he wasn't named all first team NBA. I don't care. It should be a positionless whatever. Like that guy was unreal. Like they, they don't even win without him. They wouldn't even won like thirty games. I mean, it's it, it's just a joke. I agree. But Daryl Morey, and then everyone's all hot and bothered by. It you know, yesterday on, you know, on Twitter, he put out or after the uh, two days ago, he's like, Miami needs another star. Everyone's like all speculating that he wants to go play with Jimmy Butler. And it's just who he is, is, I mean, he's just whatever. I mean, he's committed to being in this city. Everyone's just losing their damn minds, but it's gotta be frustrating. You know, he's in the prime of his career. Now the worst part about is when you have, a superstar, and you don't surround him with the pieces to win. Jason Point, just look right in our back door of our city. Look at Alan Iverson, right? Did they ever put the proper pieces around him to win? No. <clears throat> and he was a superstar for a straight decade. And we could just never find the, those other pieces. What is, you know, shortcomings and not being able to draft anybody worth the salt or just getting the proper free agents to play with them. So, I don't know. It's frustrating, but that's the end of the Sixers season. We'll see what they have to do. I think also, you know, one of the picks, it'll be interesting to see if the Nets decide to basically take our first-round draft pick this year. There's a lot of talk that they might defer it, so then the the Sixers might have a pick at, like, 23. So, we'll see. All
0: right. Let's gloss over the film And maybe, and maybe,
1: just maybe, hold on, let me just add this real quick. And just maybe, we look in our own backyard again, and maybe take a Villanova guy. Maybe we take Colin Gillespie, or even Jermaine Samuels. Maybe you sign him as an undrafted free agent, and and, and he could be a bench piece.
0: You don't think he'll you know, get drafted?
1: Who, Jermaine Samuels? Yeah. I don't. It's okay. going to be close. But again, you are only talking about 50 guys getting drafted. Like, yeah. 53 picks, so. Yeah. And look at all these other. Let, let's shit. Oh.
0: Hopefully edit that one
1: out. But you're good. But look at the Miami Heat roster. The only
0: minor the only minor that I'm aware of that listens to this podcast is Jake and he's heard way worse. Okay. Well that's good. So you wanna apologize to Jake? Yeah, I'm sorry, Jake.
1: I didn't really mean to drop the old S bomb there. But but if you look at the Miami Heat roster, they have like six guys in their top ten players that are well. They Out of their, like, 13 players that they dress, I would say five of them are undrafted free agents yeah. Max Strews, uh, Kendrick Nunn, a, a bunch of them. So how come we can't find those diamonds in the rough?
0: By the way, speaking of Villanova, uh, yeah. a while back, and I think it was part of our intro for a bit, Jalen Brunson, I said he'd translate to the NBA. I think I was right. Uh, uh, well,
1: he is. You want know to talk about somebody who's going to get paid? He's I mean, a bulldog, he, man. He's his footwork as a post player. It's, it's incredible. Like, and again, so I kind of had this discussion with somebody else too. It's like, now that James Harden doesn't really have that burst, that blow by, that yeah. the question this offseason is why don't you go develop a post game? Look at what he does to people, he just eviscerates people in the post. All Villanova guards have done it, but he was incredible. Congratulations to all the Villanova players on their postseasons and their year. I mean, they've been really playing extremely well. So, yep. great call. Um, all right, we're gonna gloss over the Phillies. <coughs> Another guy we could have drafted, by the way. But you know,
0: they're mad in maddeningly inconsistent. What was it? I can spell it, What's but that? I can't say it. Who? Who? <laughs> the Phillies are Lee. Not Don Mattingly, but maddeningly inconsistent, right? There's Mattingly? These, these...
1: That's a word uh, I've never even
0: heard of. Look, that. Like, like, you know, like, you know, M-A-D-D-E-N-I-N-G-L-Y.
1: You <laughs> that know. can't be a word,
0: Mattingly. Yeah, it is. No, Wait. it's not. Yes, it is.
1: Dude, that's in the Urban Dictionary. I think no, it's not, dude. Ma- it's Mattingly? Funny. I'm looking it up. With, I with can't two believe. Ds. Mat- Mattingly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe it is worth No, it's not coming up, Joe. You're full. Of it. I'm just kidding. But go ahead. <laughs> Transition to the third. <laughs>
0: hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I have to
1: finish putting this mad- in Google. Maddening. 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 That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> this is hilarious. Uh,
0: oh, no, it's it's, ma- I'm, mad- getting, I'm getting some stuff here. Look, look Bleach Report. Did an article the nba's most mattingly inconsistent players okay gotcha. lasvegasweekly.com golden knights have been mattingly inconsistent cambridge i'm just not dictionary. saying it right in,
1: okay okay gotcha here it is mattingly M- like I, john madden ingly yes we go. yes from the according to the cambridge dictionary yeah a way that makes you angry in a way that makes you angry
0: yeah that's the phillies
1: that is clearly the Phillies.
0: Yes. Right. Anyway, we're not going to talk about them because they're that word inconsistent. Um,
1: Fire Joe Jerome.
0: All right. So, I quickly on the NHL Fire Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. Uh, well, your boy, Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Taking uh, his running mate, he and Connor McDavid, and they're going to the Western Conference final. I must say this I'm, I'm somewhat stunned by this. Mm-hmm. I thought Calgary was a team that could win the cup after they beat the breaks off the Oilers nine to six in game one of that series to not win another game is stunning. It's shocking. Uh, Mike Smith is uh, like literally our age. And I can't believe that he's found a way to the third round. He's not the best goalie on the planet. He certainly yeah. gives up a few you'd like back, but they're right. playing like the eighties Oilers winning game six, five and, five to four and whatever, um, and they're getting it done despite not the best goaltending on the planet. And I was thinking about this last night. Imagine being a Flames fan, okay? Thank yeah, you, Jefferson. Jeff, Jefferson's a Jefferson Flames fan.
1: Jefferson checking in. Yeah. Jeff, right on cue.
0: That's because Ben Simmons came up like three minutes ago, woke him up. Yeah. yeah.
1: But nah, he sees another puppy. I'm imagine, all right, so the, the so,
0: Oilers-Flames rivalry, okay? You show the dog. Yeah, the, the Oilers slaves <laughs> <the laughs> rivalry is like as good as it gets in hockey, but nobody in the states really knows it, right? They call it the Battle of Alberta. Right. It's just like um, imagine Eagles Cowboys, but you live in like the same state. Like it'd be, it's right. like Flyers Penguins on steroids. That, yeah, imagine that's... being a Flames fan and in the 80s you have to watch. Essentially, like, seven Hall of Famers just crush your hopes and dreams winning Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup. Now, the mm-hmm. Flames did get the Cup in 89, and they've certainly had some good players recently, <coughs> um, and even years ago, Jerome McGinley. But, like, sure. like, we're talking about a rivalry where the Oilers were just – they were a dynasty. And now, if you're a Flames fan, you have your best regular season ever, which they did, and you lose again to Edmonton. And a guy named Connor McDavid, who's the best player in the world. So you went from watching Gretzky torch your team and terrorize you. And now, 30 years later, you're watching McDavid literally win the series single-handedly. I mean, look, Evander Kane was great. Zach Hyman actually had more goals than McDavid in the series. But, like, every time Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl and Kane were on the ice together, they had the puck. They were causing havoc. Um, Jay Woodcroft is a coach I got to know a little bit in the minors. He was in the NHL for a long time as an assistant. He's now got his first head coaching job in Edmonton. He replaced Dave Tibbett right around November-ish, I think, when the Oilers were kind of scuffling there around 500. They got off to a blazing start under Woodcroft. I think they won five or six in a row until the Wild came in and beat the brakes off of them in Edmonton. Neither here nor there. Then they kind of played some decent hockey. Then they got it going again, and now here they are in the playoffs in the Western Conference Final again. I didn't see it coming. I thought they beat the Kings in round one because the Kings without Drew Doughty are just a different team, but I didn't think they'd get past Calgary, and they did it in convincing fashion. So here's where I'm going with this, John Mina. We've seen it recently with in-season coaching changes in the NHL. 2019, Craig Berube takes over in St. Louis from Mike Yo. They win the Cup. The Penguins hired Mike Sullivan midseason, what, about 10 years ago or so? They win the cup. This has happened in hockey recently, and I would have never have said this until last night, but I'm very, very intrigued and impressed by what the Oilers are doing. They're outscoring teams. This is the highest-scoring NHL season since the 90s. Like, we're turning back the clock 25 years. I think the Oilers have sort of this sneaky chance now to get it done just because McDavid is playing at such a high level. And normally you'd be like, oh, you need a goaltender to stand on its head, or you need a defenseman that's an absolute game well, changer. Tampa's game-camper. got that. <laughs> well, I know. Uh, no. You need a defenseman that can change the game that that's just eating 30 minutes a night and is so good. But I, I don't know, man. They're just finding Tampa's a way got that right that now. Too. No, I know they kidding. do. No, no. Uh, look, yeah. and, and here's the crazy thing about Tampa. So I'm not saying the Oilers are going to win the cup, but <laughs> – I've just
1: put it so hard to three people. It's, I mean? it's such a unique, it's such a unique
0: story for Edmonton right now with the way they're doing it. I guess yeah, yeah. as far as hockey, goes, Tampa unreal. Like yeah. I think even their coach, John Cooper, I had a quote the other day, they're playing like they haven't won before. Like they're all hungry to win for the first time. That's scary. And, and until you beat Vasilevsky four times in a seven game series, yeah. I don't, you know, who knows? Right. But like I mean, and they did it. They, they swept the Panthers without Braden point. You know, Brayden Point's one of the best players in hockey. Yeah. So, they're rolling. I do like Carolina, though. Yeah. I think Carolina is going to take care of the Rangers in game six. They're going to get a couple of days of rest, and they'll be ready for Tampa. That's going to be a hell of a series. Colorado had a chance to finish off St. Louis. They didn't get it done. I still think the Avs advance. So, my opinion, you're going to have a Carolina-Tampa Eastern Conference Final. We already know Edmonton's in. I think Colorado moves on. These are going to be two great um, seven-game series for the, the right to play for the Stanley Cup. And we'll talk about it more as we move along. But uh, well, T- TNT's broadcast coverage, just want to touch on this. It's been excellent. Sure. ESPN, Bob Wachuzian and Brian Boucher are great together. They're a solid pairing. That's ESPN's best. I think they're done now for the playoffs after last night. Um, Would they be done though? I- Is it TNT that covers Well No, no, both? I'm saying like those two guys, Wachuzian <coughs> and, and uh, Boucher. Oh, okay. um, or at least Bob Wachusian tweeted after a game, and that was his last game of the playoffs. So oh, it'll okay. be Sean McDonough for ESPN the rest of the way. Oh, he's gotcha. a classic broadcaster, old school. He I'm is. just not. he. Not he's not the best. Is. He's yeah. not the best. I mean, there's there's six better hockey broadcasters on TV this year alone I can name off the top of my head. Josh. And it's not a knock on Sean McDonough. I met him. Very nice guy. Like I said, he's, gonna, yeah. he's had a whole like broadcast college career. I think yeah. He does a hell of a job for college Yeah, yeah I agree 100%. I'm just. I'm not there with them on the NHL coverage, but TNT has been great. Their studio show like they just, they've done such a better job than ESPN in a lot of people's estimations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say this last night, that game ends in overtime, McDavid scores Edmonton advances, and they're able to go right from that game into sports center with Scott Van Pelt. And he leads with those highlights. And that's what the game needs. This is why hockey went to ESPN. Despite, you know, first take and all these shows never talking about hockey. They got what they wanted last night, which was an overtime game. Sure, it ended late for East Coast fans, but it goes right into the late sports center. And Scott Van Pelt's interviewing a player, and he's showing highlights, and that's what this game needs to continue to grow. Oh, by the way, then they go to Barry Melrose. Like, Uncle, can we move on? Can ESPN cut ties with with Uncle Barry? I love Uncle Barry. He's so bad. He's so bad. You have fifty thousand other better analysts. Most, some of them employed by ESPN. Give me somebody that knows the game and can speak in complete sentences. Sorry, Barry, loved you in the nineties. Time has come. Give the old Dick Vitale. Take care, comb your hair, and yeah. it's time to retire. Yeah.
1: Um. I. It's funny. Like as far as like Edmonton goes, I got a friend of mine. He's got a future. Cop put in a future bet on him a long time ago. So on I who on Edmonton to win it all. All right. Well, so. that, hey,
0: probably have pretty good odds. Pretty good odds. Here's your stat of the day, John Mita. Edmonton. And as, mu- as impressive as your boy Dreisaitl has been, the unit that is Leon. Yeah. Connor McDavid, 26 points in 12 playoff games. 26 points, 12 playoff good. games. It's yeah. – he might win the Con Smythe and they might not even go to the Stanley Cup final.
1: Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> I mean, he, it's he, insane. He is – Listen, as, as for somebody that doesn't like, obviously doesn't follow it as much as you do because it's your profession and you, you just love it so much. I love watching that guy play hockey. It is like, even if you're a casual hockey fan or not even a hockey fan at all, if you just sit here and watch him play a game, it's just, I mean, I saw him make a move last night. He literally came, he was like at a standstill, stop. Got the puck, turned around, like and was like in front of the net within like one point two seconds. Like yep. he is so gifted and talented. It's you know people really need to just watch this. Like I don't even, Did Gretzky say that he was better than him? I felt like I read something
0: like that. Gretzky, Gretzky has been very complimentary for obvious reasons. Yeah. And listen, it's speed in today's game, and this yeah. is what the Flyers know they need. They have right. to get there. Right. Like Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr. Uh, yeah, you know McDavid, some of these guys from Carolina, Aho and Teravine. Like you yeah. have to push the pace of the hockey game to have success. Yeah, and uh, and if you don't, you're you're in trouble. And so yeah. uh, we'll see where it shakes out, but it should be a great uh, conference final and eventual Stanley Cup final, and we'll see what comes out on top. All right, Ray Didinger, my friend, is retiring. Yeah, and I thought it would be appropriate for us to spend a couple minutes on him since it is a Mainly Philly-based sports podcast here on the Brother of Love podcast. And Ray Diddy, 75 years old. He's a Philly guy. He's Philly through and through. And last night when I was thinking about the podcast today, John Mead, I thought to myself, the, the, the term Philly treasure came to mind for Ray Diddinger. Like, I don't know if people around the country know about Ray Diddinger. I could be wrong. Maybe they've read his books or whatever. But I feel like he's like such a Philly guy. Does that make sense to you? Like oh, yeah, 100. he's 100% like. Listen, he still it, lives in the city. He right. has like
1: an apartment in Rittenhouse Square, man. Right.
0: Do people in LA know of Ray Dinger as far as football goes? Like probably not. No. Right? Like he's, he is 100% Philly. 53 years writing and broadcasting on sports, radio, TV, books, you know, movies, plays. Like he just has dedicated his life to this city. He's written 12 books, countless hours on radio and TV, especially with Glenn Macnell. Uh What a duo they've been. So uh, congratulations to the Diddy. Um, the words that come to mind, honest, objective, integrity, believable, just a, such a nice person. And when he speaks, I turn up the radio and I listen, especially on the birds. And it's been like that for as long as I can remember. Just a believable genuine dude who has uh, given a lot to this city. So, congrats on a great career. And it was sad listening to him kind of talk about his upcoming retirement.
1: Yeah, and have him sign off. You're right. He is He is a Philadelphia treasure. The guy, I, I just love the way he breaks down players. And, you know, he gets made fun of by Glenn Mack now when he's still like, well, what did your yellow notepad say? And yeah. some of the things that he's – he's just – He's, he's just real, right? The guy is real. There's no agenda. He's not fake. He just tells you like it is. And he does it in a great manner. Now, funny story, you know, Ray's covered so many events like throughout his career. Um, but the funniest story I heard is when he turned down a date with Christie Brinkley, he was covering some boxing match and he had the opportunity to have a date with Chrissy, yes, the supermodel Chrissy Brinkley, and he turned it down because he had the write his story. If you've ever heard the story,
0: have you ever I heard have. this? Yes, I have. It's amazing. It's so Ray Dinger. It's so Ray Dinger.
1: Uh, hilarious. Um, the other thing is, and, and and we've all felt this, right? The weekend, you know, the Super Bowl being in Minnesota, there was, there was some, you know, Boston fans. I mean, some might refer to them as missiles, but um, yep. there was—they were ripping the Philadelphia fan base on on this television show that Barkham was doing. It was like a pre-game Super Bowl show, and Ray just had the Phillies. He's always had the fans back, yep. and that's what I love about him. You know, he calls it real. He'll call out the fans if they do something stupid. But then he's also the big foxhole guy, which you've always loved. You know, yep. a guy like that to be like, no, this is unfair. The treatment of them is unfair. And 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 this is what I have to say. So he's from that aspect, I'm gonna miss him and Glenn Mack now. They were a great duo. They always talk about what they're watching on television and and it just, he's going to be around, but his post game was just phenomenal. He did so much work at NFL films. I mean, the guy is just, he's a legend. I have talked to him on the radio several times. But the one thing I did love is when I think his son is a, I don't know if he works, as a photographer for the NFL or video or something, but the fact that they got this, to share the Super Bowl win together, yep. and it was a really heartfelt moment. And, that, and that's a moment that people have brought up on air, and everyone felt that way. I mean, I got to share the moment, you know, with your brother-in-law. You know, we're diehard Eagles fans. Never thought we'd see it. We see it live and in person. It's just the emotion of that night and just to feel that with all the people who love it. And now that people that travel miles to Philadelphia, you're like hugging people. I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. It's one of the joys of life, right, where you – get to experience something where sports you know kind of takes you out of all the problems and everything is going on in this crazy world we're living in today and just to have those moments and and share them with people that you love I mean it's it's phenomenal so he's gonna be missed he's done so much great work he's done a lot for you know he's he's big in the dog rescue in Philadelphia I know he's done a lot of charitable work there so it's uh it's going to be great.
0: Well, I know you got to get to work, hence the car starting up and the birds chirping outside. So, good way to end it, my friend. Uh, I have one more stat of the day I just stumbled upon on Twitter, talking about the NHL and interim coaches a minute ago. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Here's what I got for you. This is the fourth consecutive season that an interim head coach has advanced the team to the conference finals of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, four I- straight years. So. It works. For whatever reason in hockey, it works. Uh, firing a guy mid-season.
1: Who's, who is your pick to be the Flyers head coach?
0: Well, if they can get Barry Trotz, I would help him pack his stuff and come to Philadelphia. I can't believe the Islanders let him go, but I don't know if that's a realistic possibility or not. And I don't know if Flyers fans would like the style of play, because he's very defensive-minded, but man, that guy can coach, and he can... Uh, he can get blood from a stone or whatever that saying is. So, yeah, all right, yeah. Johnny I know we uh, we got to wrap this thing up. So, good stuff as always, my man. i got to
1: give a little quick, a little quick list, only in Philadelphia. A little quick list. The best thing I saw was a guy that graduated from University of Pennsylvania and on his phone as he's receiving his diploma, he has – Fire Doc Rivers on the cover of his phone case, which was pretty fun.
0: Awesome. <laughs> You're right. That isn't only in Philadelphia, Thing, think. Just like Ray Dinger, only in Philadelphia.
1: Only in Philadelphia. All
0: right, brother. Enjoy Memorial Day weekend. You're the man.
1: Uh, you too. Good luck. And uh, stay tuned, everybody. We'll get back to the Phillies eventually here.
0: Yeah, holla. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your uh, Memorial Day or whenever you're listening. Appreciate you tuning in, Brother Love Podcast for John Mita, Joe Donald. Till next time, we'll see.